Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining us right here on Tuesday night. It is Tuesday Night Titans, episode number 30. The big three zero for you Tuesday, 1-16-2024. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, joined by my very good friend and co-host on Tuesday nights, Mr. Andrew Baydala. What's going on, man? What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I got my coffee in the norm. We are ready, man. And we got uh, a locked and loaded show, man. A lot happened this week that we got to get into so what do you want to talk about i don't know that's 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 usually my spiel to you what do you want to talk about well i mean we could talk about how seth rollins retained on monday night there's so many things to talk about we could talk about how seth rollins has no plans for the rumble as of yet is he hurt which is we very surprising to me because i thought we had a solid plan for seth rollins going into the royal rumble i agree i agree and you know what maybe that plan happens next week on the 22nd, Monday Night Raw. Maybe we get the official new home for Monday Night Raw. The media rights, maybe they're discussed or announced next Monday. I think next Monday is going to be a big show. Because it's the go-home to the Royal Rumble, I think there's a lot at stake. We need to find out who Seth Rollins' opponent is going to be. And, uh, yeah, I mean, realistically, like, what's going on with Seth? What's going on with that World Heavyweight Championship? Cody and Punk are going to go face to face in the middle of the ring. It seems and kind of lay all that stuff in the middle of it. So, yeah, we're uh, yeah we're we're going to dabble into that stuff. I thought uh, Monday Night Raw was a ho hum show, very middle of the road show. Nothing really important happened. You know, I think Tony Khan put uh, more uh, effort into building Ginger Mahal and Seth Rollins than he did his own show on Wednesday night. But you know, we got that match last night. Nothing really came of it. I was very vocal and very critical of WWE that they needed to make sense of why they booked that match, and they, they did not do that last night. We'll get into that. We got news on Roman. I know Roman has been a huge topic of discussion as of late. Where is he going to wrestle? Where is he showing up? What shows is he not going to be appearing on? I think Drew's got uh, a lot to say on that, as do I. So we'll talk about Roman Reigns not appearing at the Chamber, potentially not appearing at Backlash, and all this nonsense as to why Roman Reigns is not going to be advertised for these shows weeks in advance. So we'll talk about that as well. We'll talk about Rollins. We'll talk about the big week that was for uh, Jack Perry. We'll talk. We'll dabble into that. He showed up in New Japan. We'll maybe go over Impact. I don't know if Drew uh, heard about what happened at Impact. We'll go over Nick Nemeth and what we think of him showing up over there. Dana Brooke showing up over there. Uh, we got the whole... Story about Tony Khan and the whole Jinder Mahal, Jinder Mahal tirade about AEW Towns being embarrassed. What Booker T said this week on his show about it. Lots of stuff to get into. And then, uh, obviously, Sting and his retirement. I know Drew hasn't really been on air to talk about that since it was announced last Wednesday, or at least teased last Wednesday, the Young Bucks and Sting will be uh, in the same match at Revolution. Sting and Darby Allen versus the Young Bucks in his retirement match, so... Uh, I will leave it up to you, man. You know, we're going to skip the bullshit. You guys know where to follow us on social media. 
It's already on the screen there as you guys are watching on YouTube or your mobile device. I'll leave it up to you, man. What do you want to start with? Well, let's just address this so we can move on with the rest of our show, right? Um, there were some comments made about Hulk Hogan and Roman Reigns and ending a reign and becoming the third longest reigning champion in WWE history, which I saw your comments. I had not seen them when they originally aired because I was traveling. And I just want to start off with a couple things. One, uh, I am my own man. JD knows that. He respects that. And I respect him for being his own man. I'm going to talk to you like I would talk to um, a close friend and maybe my kids. I'm not putting you at their level because I, you're an adult. You're a grown man. And I know you know the magnitude of your words. I believe. I think, better yet, I know how hard you work. But I will say, I don't think you understand how much meaning and how much power your words have due to who you are in this community. And I say that with respect because I truly, I know for a fact that you're not a racist. I know what people put on social media. I know the nastiness that goes on on social media can be hard to deal with. I know who you are, but I will say that the way you talked, the way that you delivered that Hulk Hogan, Roman Reigns thing, didn't come off as clean as you wanted it to. And I think you, you know to choose your words better now because of it. But I also do understand where you're coming from in terms of we don't need to do this just because of that. I understand that. And you're right to a certain extent. We don't need to have Roman break Hulk Hogan's record just to erase Hulk Hogan from the record books. Hulk Hogan's comments were disgusting. I know you agree with that. They were said a long time ago. doesn't excuse the fact that Hulk Hogan had a lot of people looking up to him, and he let all those people down. And you saw the true side of maybe who he is, okay? I get it. But I will say to you that it's tough to come on here every day and do what you do. And I know who you are. But again, your delivery, your cadence, everything that you do is magnified 15,000 times because of who you are. You inspire a lot of people, and that comes with big responsibility. You got angry. You said what you said. Your points got jumbled up, and they were thrown in together, and that's how it came off. Whether you meant it to or not, I believe you didn't. I think your point had some validity. The delivery was not my cup of tea. Yeah, I know. Uh, my uh, my delivery sometimes can get out of hand, but that's what people have come to know and love about what I do. Um, you know, uh, I think a lot of what I said got lost in context, and I, I think a lot of people tend to go with the race card because the race thing has kind of followed me around as long as I've been doing this. Uh, I don't really know why uh, it's still following me around. I... I'm not like that in person. I do not condone of what Terry Bollea said. I do not ever talk like that to anybody ever. I've never uttered those words. I never will ever utter those words. And I genuinely think a lot of what I say most of the time gets lost in context, but you are correct that my delivery sometimes uh, and the way that I articulate things sometimes is not the best approach. So... 
if I could go back and take one piece away from what I said, because I'm not going to come on here and apologize for what I said, because I stand behind what I did say in that 25-second clip. But the one part I could take away is the fact, or I wish I could take away, is the fact that I said that I don't care what he does, you know, and I kind of went into, you know, kind of feeling, I would say... Not, I, I put myself at a, at a, in a position where I wasn't sympathetic to those that may have suffered from his words. And that I'll apologize for. I didn't mean, sure. it. I, I didn't mean it that way. I, yeah. don't, I, I, I don't care what he said. I, genuinely, I don't care what he said. I mean, I don't have to care about what he said, but I do sympathize with those people that did find his words to be damning and offensive. And if you don't want to support Terry Bollet in any which way anymore, I, I fully support you, but I don't care what he said because it doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect who I am. It doesn't affect how I operate. It doesn't affect the type of person I am and the family man that I am. I, I don't have to care what he, what, what he says. I, I, I don't care what Terry Bollea does in, in his personal life. But I will say this. It's the same thing that happened with Roman Reigns, Drew. You know, a lot of people tend to think that I, that I said Roman Reigns, Joseph Anawaii faked his leukemia. I, I didn't say that. But there's a difference between Roman Reigns and Joseph N. Wyatt. There's a difference between Terry Bollea and, and Hulk Hogan. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and sit here and, and tell you that, that Hulk Hogan, you know, because of what he did in his personal life, is not important to pro wrestling anymore. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you that. You know, he could be the biggest piece of shit ever. But what Terry Bollea's contributions to pro wrestling are, nobody will ever do that ever again. There will never be another Hulk Hogan. He is the reason right. why we, in our generation, have you know, been afforded this lifestyle and what we do and come on here and talk about pro wrestling. Terry Bollea and Vince McMahon are the reason why we love professional wrestling right now, especially growing up in the 80s. It might not be that way with everybody else. It might be Roman Reigns in this generation. It might be Shawn Michaels. It might be Bret Hart. It might be whoever it may be. But I, I can't sit here and validate, you know, Hulk Hogan's a racist. Great, he is. We all know it. He, he was caught on camera. He's caught on tape. He is. But I'm not going to sit here and let his personal shortcomings and his personal behavior affect his career because his career, to me, is separate from his personal life. He's a shit person, but as a, as an athlete and, and and what he's con, you know contributed to pro wrestling, nobody will ever do what he what he did ever again. So, so I, I, I want I want to differentiate here the yeah. the, the man and, and the athlete, and, and that's where I was going with that. I don't want. I don't want, I don't give a shit about Hulk Hogan's record anyway, man. It's the fucking third place. It's not the record. The record is mm -hmm. Bruno's. The record is Bob Backlund. I don't, I don't give a shit. You know, Terry's record does, or Hulk Hogan's record doesn't really mean much in the grand scheme of things because it's third place. But like I told you earlier today, I, I don't want records to be broken because of his shortcomings in his personal life. If it makes sense, then great, let's do it. But I told you earlier that, if it's, you know, let's have Cody lose to Roman at WrestleMania just because we have to beat Hulk Hogan's record because of the bad PR he's given the company and Endeavor doesn't want his name attached to that anymore. We want to push Roman Reigns and, you know, narrate Roman Reigns as the greatest modern-day champion of all time. You know, to me, that's wrong because of what he did in his personal life. If it makes sense, sure. But like I told you earlier, I think where we are right now, I think a lot of people don't even want to get to that point. Cody Rhodes should beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I don't want Roman to beat Cody again to finish his story elsewhere down the line simply because we have to beat Hulk Hogan's third-place record. That's what I have a problem with. And that was a narrative going around, and that's a narrative that I have a problem with 
because it doesn't make sense to me. Well, you see how calm, cool, and collective and easy that was? Yes. I know that's what you meant. Yes. You get, in the, you get in the middle of things, you get in the heat of your conversation, you took different bits and pieces and threw them together, and it was a tirade that um, I know that if you could do differently, you would. Um, but your point has a lot of validity. We don't need to end Hulk Hogan's third place streak, reign, or whatever, because he's a racist, okay? Hulk Hogan... Um, if if Roman's going to get there and it makes sense, then let's do it. I think the WWE didn't look at this and say, how can we get Hogan's record off our record books, put him in fourth, and have Roman Reigns be there? Because realistically, it's not one, so who, who gives a shit? Um, I just believe that if it makes sense, you do it. If we're going to have Cody against Roman at WrestleMania 40, you have to have Cody win that world championship. I don't care about the record. We don't need to make this Roman's reign about ending Hulk Hogan's but it, racism. I, I, I agree, but I spoke to several people today about this story, and a lot of them told me, well, it's not really about Roman breaking Hogan's uh, third-place record, but it will be if WWE doesn't make the right decision at WrestleMania and give Cody Rhodes the championship. It will be about Hogan. They will push that narrative. They will bring Roman to September to have him break that record because there's nothing else in between for him to do. Now, the way the way that I articulated it, yes, I think some people kind of absolutely took it out of context and I should have toned it down a little bit and I should have tweaked the word here or there. But my whole, my whole context was I don't want WWE to simply fuck Cody over because, you know, we got to take Hogan's record away from him and give it to Roman to, to make it the modern-day record for third place or whatever the case may be. You know, I, I honestly, the, the way that I operate and the way that I do things on my show is I talk creative first. I'm for the fans first. Yeah, I understand the business. I don't really want to get into the whole business side of things, stocks and money and all that stuff. But what we do, I think, better than a lot of people is talk the creative side of things. And I feel like if WWE gives Roman the win over Cody this year, like people, some people are really hoping that happens. I don't think that's good for business because I think a lot of people right now are looking at Roman Reigns and understanding what WWE is doing here. They are padding his stats. They are padding his fictional reign, his record, for absolutely no reason but WWE's own reason because they can do it. I don't really agree with that. You know, Roman Reigns showing up four or five times a year, some people say he deserves it. That may be the case. Roman could do whatever the fuck he wants. But in my honest opinion, I think the fan that watches this show week in and week out is tired of having a semi-part-time champion when Cody Rhodes willingly wants to take on that role and be there every single week. I think the fans are ready for a full-time champion, and I absolutely agree with those fans that want a full-time champion there every single week. They are tired of Roman Reigns defending the championship four or five times out of the year and taking six months off. That's, that's, the, that's also what got lost in translation, which I didn't really articulate they can't make that mistake again. And then on the flip side, when you do that, Cody, he's obviously going to suffer, which is also part I'm really concerned about, and I should have articulated a little bit better. If Roman beats Cody again, theoretically, and he doesn't finish his story, does anybody give a shit about Cody finishing his story at all? Why would you throw that away? So that's where I'm coming from. Again, um, I think a lot of wrestling fans don't understand the superstar and attraction. There's two different. Roman Reigns is an attraction. Then you have your superstars. 
Roman Reigns, if he was defending that world championship at every pay-per-view premium live event once, once or twice a year, maybe on SmackDown three times a year, whatever, you people would say the same thing. Oh, he, he has garbage opponents. The title's undervalued. It's overutilized. It's this, it's that. Nobody can make up their minds, okay? Brock Lesnar did the same thing. You guys said the same song and dance. Then Brock Lesnar, John Cena, all this other stuff. Roman's an attraction. He is your undisputed champion. And every time he gets on your screen, the ratings go up, tickets sell, and there's asses in seats. And that's all that matters. We don't, you have your fighting world champion. So that's Seth Rollins. He's on almost every PLE. He defends the title on Raw, all that other stuff. Just like MJF. MJF was not defending that championship on Dynamite Weekly. Yeah, he was at the pay-per-views. They only have, you know, one. They were having one a quarter. It's really not that hard to do. MJF was a fighting champion. Roman fights on the major four, five, and he'll, you know, defend a championship here or there. That's how it was back in the day, guys. It's a simple formula. It works. I'm sorry, but you don't need Roman on every show. He would become watered down, just like all of your other favorites. I've seen the comments. Oh, Seth, here we go again with another meaningless title defense. You guys can't make up your minds. There's a major difference between an attraction and a superstar. Roman Reigns is an attraction. And again, I want to say this. I don't care. I don't care about longest reigns. I don't care about them. What I care about is who ends them. Yes, so whoever I ends agree. Roman's reign Needs to be a mate. Same thing with Undertaker streak. Needs to be a made man. Gunther, when he drops that Intercontinental Championship to whomever it may be, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he wins the World Heavyweight title and vacants, relinquishes it, becomes vacant. Fine. But whoever wins that Intercontinental Championship better be of stature. They better have some meaning and some promise behind them because it's going to elevate them if done correctly. That's what matters. I don't, I don't lose sleep at night. Because some jack-off is in third place in a rain. I don't lose sleep at night when somebody else makes an ass of themselves. I'm a father. I care about my kids. I do this show so that my kids, one day when they don't have the confidence to do something, and I can tell them, listen, dad went on YouTube and did a show and you know, we did it in front of 3,000 people. We we did it weekly. It gives, and, and and it's also leaving them something that they could see me. God forbid I'm not here. That's all this is. This is, I do everything for my family. I don't lose sleep at night when people want to lump me into this or that. I don't care. I know who I am. Guys, this is professional wrestling. And I felt bad. Entertainment. And I felt bad today because I know a lot of you people. You don't have to. I do. I do though, because a lot of people reach out to you because you're my better half on this show and some of the people, and some of the people, yeah. I mean, you, got, you, got, you guys get where I'm going with that. Yeah. But you know, you, you know, and some of the people that reached out to you, you know, don't really like me at all. It, it would be downright hatred. Some of the people that reached out to you, yeah. I don't, and God knows what they said. I don't really know what they said to you. But you know, I feel bad because you're lumped into the stuff that I get dragged into, which is also taken out of context. I mean, I'm not innocent by any means. I could have tweaked the word here or there, but I feel bad because you are now associated with what I do here, and I don't want to bring that bad and negativity to you. So, yeah, I do feel I think bad. people. I think people see the the concept of the show, but, and we're pulling the curtain back a little bit. It's yin and yang. Um, and you, I mean, you really don't agree on a ton of things. You're very much storyline-driven on the business side. It's a great format for a show. Nobody, But I, I just, I have always had the mentality of no man left behind or woman left behind. 
and I will never leave any of my friends. I'll never leave any of my colleagues uh, high and dry. I will never leave anybody behind. I under I know you're not who they are claiming you to be on social media. Well, I know I'm I, not that way either. And a lot of people are like, you know you're not that way. Why do you let it bother you? Well, when it's coming at you fucking 100 messages uh, every hour, it's like, you know, it, it, it sucks. I know I'm not a, a racist like everybody tends to believe I am. I mean, this guy was over the house two weeks ago. I mean, he sat in the dark horse. I made him an old-fashioned. We walked to the fucking restaurant and had dinner. I mean, he wouldn't be doing that if he thought I was these negative, terrible, vile things that everybody thought I was. No, I think you get passionate, and I think sometimes you're, um, you again, I said this at the beginning of the show, I don't think you understand how much magnitude, how much weight your words carry. Because, you know, they do. Um, there's a lot of people who look up to you. My three kids look up to me. I make sure I choose my words very wisely every single day with them. And I urge you to do the same. I know you came from a good place. I maybe, um, without this being like a therapy session, maybe, you know, you didn't have the best guidance growing up or whatever, but, um, you know, my phone's always on. If you ever need anything, you know who to call. Um, and I, and I don't abandon people. So I don't, you're not a racist. We could end this discussion now, but I want to go back to your, um, comments about like the Cody and Roman thing. I don't understand if it makes sense. For Cody to beat Roman and the storyline makes sense at WrestleMania, do it, do it. But I, I really will urge WWE to understand that if you do do Cody and Roman at WrestleMania and Cody doesn't go over, I'm not quite sure we're going to, people are going to be as invested as they were. I really, I, 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 I say that hundred percent. And here's the other thing. There was a question. Somebody sent the video question in and it, it ties into this. So I'll ask it. If we're going to do Cody and Ro or Roman and Rock, okay, and it's going to be at WrestleMania, would you rather that than Cody Roman at WrestleMania? If Roman is going to be the victor, and my in bold scenarios, and my answer is unequivocally no. yes. What, what, yes. If I would rather have Rock and Roman at WrestleMania, if Roman's going over, well, yeah, Same Roman goes, has to, Rock is not winning the championship. Right, but here's the question: They, it's like pick your poison. Would you rather Cody and, and Roman at Mania, and Roman goes over? Or Cody and Ro or Rock and excuse me, Rock and Roman at WrestleMania, and Roman goes over. I'd rather Rock and Roman. Yeah, I do well, not yeah, want I mean, Cody to. Yeah, I, I don't want Cody taking another loss. Well, what you said before is, you know, the most important thing is not breaking Hogan's record, but if Cody doesn't get the shot at WrestleMania and we prolong that further and, and we do Roman and Rock and Roman goes over, then it's going to be about Hogan's record. But what you said earlier resonated because. It's about what Roman does with everything he's done over the last four years. What is he going to do and who is he going to pass that to? To me, that is the most important thing, and I absolutely agree. That is the most important thing that that Roman Reigns holds. It's like it's like the fucking um what was that? What was that 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 chest piece that Optimus Prime had in in it? It was a bit what was I don't know. It's like Energon for the fucking Transformers. It's like he's he's holding the fucking keys to the kingdom, basically. And he needs to do what is right with, with, with that. I mean, they, they, to me, I always felt like Lesnar beating The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30 was not the right. I don't think The Undertaker's shriek should have ended. That shit still bothers me even to this day. You know, we're looking at it 10 years ago. It's like, what, why did they end the shriek? They gave it to fucking Lesnar. I know why they did, but was that the right guy? I don't want it to go to anybody like that, and I don't want Roman to beat The Rock and then we go on to September and Cody's left in the dust. 
Th this is the whole point of my argument. It's like everybody's mm -hmm. arguing it needs to happen at WrestleMania. Rock and Roman needs to happen at WrestleMania. No. No, you have something special here with, with, with Roman Reigns. Do it at the chamber. Rock beating Roman is never going to happen. So do Roman and Rock at Elimination Chamber. Have Rock lose. Roman has all that power. And he takes it to, to WrestleMania and he, and he passes it to Cody. He passes the torch and Cody beats him. How, how good would Cody look if he beat Roman who beat The Rock before that? That's, right. that's the whole well, point I'm trying to make. And I get that. And what I'm saying to you is that like, if, if it's Cody and Roman at, at WrestleMania or it's Rock and Roman at WrestleMania and Roman is the victor in both scenarios, I'd rather have the Rock and Roman match at Mania because Cody can't suffer another loss, like I said. Why do you think that they put Brock Lesnar over The Undertaker? Why do you think that happened? At WrestleMania. A couple of factors. I don't know what, what their personal relationship is, and he's the most legitimate guy to uh, look at and fans not question. Oh, my God, I don't believe they I don't believe they did this nobody guy. Lesnar's the most legit guy to look at there. Well, that's part of it. The other part was they invested a ton of money in bringing him back, and he got beat by Triple H, John Cena, all these other people on his way back to WWE, and his stock was plummeting. And how do you reignite somebody? And make them your unequivocal badass. You have him end the streak. Well, I also, I also, I also thought the uh, the network tied into that as well. I thought with WrestleMania, sure. with, with WrestleMania, uh, you know, thirty, Vince wanted to shock the system. Hey, uh, sign up to the network. This is what you're going to see. If you're not paying, this is what you're going to miss out on. And he kind of used the streak to kind of embellish people to sign up for the network. Maybe I don't know. That was one of my that and Daniel Bryan winning the world championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a launch of the network. So yeah, absolutely. But again. Um, I would love to see Roman and Rocket Elimination Chamber, but if we are going where Roman is rolling through WrestleMania as your world champion, no, I can't stay. I can't have that happen, bro. You can if it's Roman and Rock. I mean, that's what we are trying to actively avoid. I agree. And again, if you're asking me if I have the opportunity to book the shows, I would put Roman and Rock in Perth at the Elimination Chamber. And I understand that there's a bunch of people who are like, oh, well, Roman's not advertised. Okay. WWE doesn't always advertise who they're putting on the shows. The card is always subject to change. And realistically, once Roman's advertised, that's when he'll be advertised. Once well, we get an announcement, that's it. Well, well, let, let's get into that. That's a, that's a nice segue. This, this caused people to just melt down on social media. Uh, this week, Roman Reigns apparently is going to be missing two premium live events. One we already knew was reported, which was the Elimination Chamber. And then the other one now is Backlash from France on May 4th, Saturday, May 4th. Now, Meltzer said Roman Reigns is not on the Australian show, Elimination Chamber. He's not on the Paris show, which is Backlash for the fans over there. He's going to be wrestling at the Royal Rumble. And then his next big match, obviously, will be WrestleMania. And then he'll do Saudi. And then SummerSlam. So we're looking at potentially four right now, Meltzer reports, uh, Roman Reigns will be a part of. Uh, I, I said this in a little video I did today, Drew, about Roman Reigns missing these shows. You know, I, I don't think a lot of people really think that Roman Reigns worked the last three Elimination Chambers. And, and he wasn't advertised going into last year's Elimination Chamber against Sami Zayn either. He wasn't advertised for the money in the bank either when, when they did that whole spiel last year, but he showed up and worked the show so, Correct. so what? Do, why are we reporting that Roman Reigns is not being advertised and he's going to be missing these shows and we're not going to get Roman versus Rock? If there's one why, person, why, why is anybody talking about how Seth's not on the Rumble and we're a week out? 
I, I, I don't know, but I, I don't understand how fans don't understand that advertisements can change. I mean, Nick Khan has drastically changed the way WWE operates by announcing pay-per-views where they're held and the marketing that goes into them. I mean, right down to the way these shows are booked and how long they are has changed yeah. uh, from a year ago. So yeah. why do you think Nick Khan's going to all of a sudden just announce Roman Reigns for the Elimination Chamber when if he announces Roman Reigns, then people are going to start getting it in their head that, well, maybe Roman Reigns is working The Rock. They don't want you to know shit about when that match is happening. And if it's happening at the Chamber, they want to keep it under wraps as best as they could. But, okay. the adver but the advertisements can change three weeks before the show. They don't need to announce him now. Realistically, again, here's the deal. We have to get through the Royal Rumble. Roman has to get through the Royal Rumble and his opponents. There's three of them, including himself. And then we'll decipher where we're headed with Roman Reigns and the Elimination Chamber. And why do they need to do that, Drew? What do you mean? Why do they need to get through the Royal Rumble first before they announce Roman Reigns uh, and his inclusion at the Elimination Chamber? Potentially? Well, because if you announce Roman Reigns at the Elimination Chamber, uh, it's going to fuel speculation that he's, you know, taking on The Rock. He's going to do all these other things. And realistically, like, we got to get through Royal Rumble because if we're headed to the Elimination Chamber and it's non-title or it's title, uh, then you're kind of giving half the finish away. You don't really want to do that. You, well, you not just, that, that, and it doesn't it make the Royal Rumble Fatal 4-Way rather predictable on top of it being already predictable? You predictable, don't want... it makes it insignificant. Yes. And that's not something you want to do. You don't want to take away from your shows. That's why you don't, they could book backwards in Stanford. Uh, they could do that. They could do that wherever they're at. WWE probably does do that. I know Vince McMahon used to do it all the time. I don't know who's doing it now, but I'm sure they do it as well. You book WrestleMania on back, but you don't need to let, the fans know we don't need to net Perth, Australia know who's going to be there, who's not going to be there just yet. They've sold 40,000 tickets. They announced CM Punk, which was very interesting what his inclusion is. Who knows? But it fueled speculation all over the Internet that Punk was not going to win the Rumble because now he's going to be in the chamber, which isn't the case. Punk could have a singles match against Cody at the chamber. He could have a singles match against Drew McIntyre. Sure. But this is the reason why they don't announce Roman Reigns. Did have they announced Seth Rollins' inclusion in, in the Elimination Chamber yet? No. no, they have not. I mean, Rhea Ripley's going to be there. Duh, she's from Australia. So I mean, we don't. WWE has done this time and time again. They don't announce, "Hey, this person's good." He's not on the poster. Okay, okay. But I get th that. this is an international show at a major stadium in front of potentially sixty thousand people. Just think, right. guys. Why would WWE not have Roman Reigns join the crew and the roster there for a monumental show, the biggest chamber event in the history of the event? He's not going to be there with the biggest championship in the entire industry? Come on now. I mean, that well, just doesn't make any sense to me. He, I'm with you, but he doesn't need to be there if he's not going to be wrestling on the show. Or if you want to do something where the Elimination Chamber is for the right to take on the SmackDown championship at WrestleMania, then yeah, I think Roman should be there some, some way, shape, or form. But again, they don't need to announce Roman Reigns' inclusion at the event until it's time to announce Roman Reigns', Roman Reigns inclusion at the event. And here's another thing a lot of people are not talking about. What if The Rock shows up after Roman Reigns wins at the Royal Rumble? Maybe then that is the catalyst that starts to get these two to um, you know have a little bit of a program. And then we get the inclusion of Roman Reigns and The Rock at the Elimination Chamber. You just got to let things develop. We have a massive PLE coming up in two weeks. Let stuff cook, boys and girls.
Now, now that that's out of the way, and hopefully we made a lot of sense about it, I don't think you guys need to worry about it. You know, same thing with France. I think Roman Reigns, if there's one show he'll miss, he'll miss Backlash. He wasn't even on Backlash last year. So I don't think Roman will make Backlash because uh, I, here's, again, here's the deal. Let's just say Roman takes on The Rock at WrestleMania. Rock's not showing up at Backlash. No. So there's no rematch. Let's just say Cody and Roman have a match at WrestleMania and Cody wins. There is no reason for Roman to be on that show because Roman's not going to ask for a rematch and backlash. No. And probably going to take some time off. It happens all the time. Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Roman Reigns. So hopefully we made sense about that, guys. I don't think we need to worry about Roman Reigns. Uh, not on these shows. This is the road to WrestleMania. This is the time when everybody's got to be on hand. He will work those shows. Uh, let's go and shift gears to Seth Rollins. Apparently there is a rumor coming out right now from... Wade Keller and the PW Torch, his sources backstage at Raw say that Rollins was injured. Now, I know Drew asked me, and I'm going to be upfront with this. He asked me, do you think Rollins is hurt? And I said, well, watching last night's show, I didn't really think much of it. I thought he was just being uh, a, an absolutely incredible performer, and he was selling a knee injury just for the effect of the fucking near fall with the Coloss. That's what I thought was going on. Then Wade yeah. Keller comes out with this and says that he was helped to the back. He eventually put weight on his knee. He was walking on his own, but he was definitely limping. He will be further evaluated to determine the severity of the injury. Now, Seth looked worried, according to Wade Keller and his sources, as Raw ended and stood on one leg as the referee presented him with the world title. It's unclear where the injury happened, but he was favoring it after a dive to ringside on Mahal. He executed mm -hmm. several moves, including a pedigree and a stomp. He finished the match which could have absolutely added to whatever the quote-unquote injury is, but it was a good sign that he finished the match. Multiple sources describe Seth as neither overly optimistic or pessimistic about the severity of the injury. He was said to be bummed, but was also pretty positive uh, about the whole situation. Now, Drew, if he misses extended ring time, obviously this will have an effect on WrestleMania. I won't, We'll get into that in a second, but from your vantage point and maybe from what you know that some of us do not know, what is the latest here on, on Rollins? Is he hurt? Is this a work? Is this a shoot? What's going on? Um, I, again, you know, from what I had heard, he's fine. But um, I really can't get into any much more than that. Um, and again, you know, that could have changed today um, had he gone under an MRI or something. To that extent, I don't know. Um, it's the one thing I really don't do in this industry is I don't really ask Pry about injuries just because my wife works in the medical field and I know the legalities of it. And realistically, truthfully, from me to you watching this, you all watching at home or wherever you're watching it, it's none of our business. When they announce it, they'll announce it. I understand you're all worried. We get it. But realistically, once we get the information, we'll get it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I know a lot of people are uh, upset that potentially CM Punk and Seth Rollins might not take place. I think people are really jumping the gun there. Uh, let's wait for some diagnosis to come out. WWE will obviously need to let us know because we all know Rollins is the man on Monday night, and we all know where the story was going with CM Punk. And now, listen, if Seth is hurt, like legitimately... There are, There's listen, we're going to talk about it right now. There are plan Bs, Drew. There, there is a plan B. There is a plan C. Uh, we'll talk about it now. I have, a, I, I love these, these plan B and plan Cs because if Rollins is out, that doesn't mean we're not going to get Rollins and Punk. We'll get it when he comes back. But, I mean, if it opens the door for, I don't know, I know you were excited about Punk and Austin, man. If Rollins is really hurt and going to miss WrestleMania, WWE better be on the phone with Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
Uh, Steve, wh- how much you want to come back, man? We'll give you whatever you want, man. Blank check. Yeah, I think that definitely opens the door for that possibility, whether or not, you know, Steve wants to do it. Um, I, st- I saw Steve trying to take a cold plunge the other day. I saw that. Um, realistically, I mean, you do that for, yeah, your health, your longevity, but you do that to make sure that, you know, your muscles, your joints, and everything are good to go. Um, normally, it's for active athletes. I, I do it every day. Um, I'm not of Steve Austin's caliber in a wrestling ring, but I will say that I do it every day for football and some other things. But um, I also think this opens the door for the Elimination Chamber uh, to be for the World Heavyweight Championship, the vacant World Heavyweight Championship. Also, you could have yourself a little bit of a tournament. Uh, Maybe maybe the final four matches happen at WrestleMania. Uh, Listen, I like that. Again, we're jumping the gun. This is uh, exciting stuff. If we're going to get creative about it, I said today... I kept it very simple. I love a tournament. Uh, you guys know I love a tournament. Uh, the Elimination Chamber is obviously the most simplistic way to go about it. Put the title on the line in the chamber. There's more than enough talent on Monday night to vie for that world title. Sure. But I, I said this, and this all goes into the next story here. Meltzer was talking about Lesnar coming back. Gunther showed up on Monday Night Raw last night claiming that, you know, he should have won the Royal Rumble last year. There was nobody in that Rumble that eliminated him. He lasted 29 guys. Cody obviously eliminated him. He lasted an hour and eight minutes. You know, we all know that Lesnar and Gunther is the rumored match for WrestleMania. I said today that I think Lesnar is going to factor into Gunther being eliminated in the Royal Rumble. I think that's the Royal Rumble match, or the WrestleMania match, rather, coming out of the Royal Rumble. What about this, Drew? If there is an injury to Rollins and he needs to vacate the world title, how about Gunther winning the world championship while also holding the Intercontinental Championship? Because because if we're really talking about WrestleMania matches... Gunther defending the IC title just one-on-one against Lesnar was a money match that I would love to see them actually deliver deliver on. Sure. And if that was the case anyway, why not add the world championship to that? I mean, he was going to wrestle Lesnar anyway, so why not make him the world champion? Have him beat Lesnar, have him vacate the title, the Intercontinental title, and have a tournament for that title after Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. And we move on from there with Gunther as the world champion. And Stone Cold Steve Austin gets CM Punk at WrestleMania, and then there's your plan B and plan C. So, I wanted to have Gunther and Seth at WrestleMania, winner take all, Intercontinental Champion versus World Heavyweight Champion, and I would have Punk versus Austin. It seems like they pivoted from that. But if we go back to this, I I, I really want to see Gunther and Brock at in backlash for the World Heavyweight Championship. That's what I would do it if we're pivoting from Seth being champion. I like that backlash match. I think there's a lot that you could build around that. That's a massive main event. Um, And then I would have a tournament for the Intercontinental Championship finish at Backlash. That way you don't have to have the tournament for the World Heavyweight title if Seth is out at WrestleMania. Because the Intercontinental Championship would be pretty cool if you crowned a new champion on international soil in France. Again, Brock and Gunther is a massive main event. Just got to figure out where it's going to take place. And I think the best time and place, because a lot of people aren't going to be talent-wise, well, I guess the main guys like Roman and some others won't be at Backlashes. Gunther and, and Lesnar at Backlash is a solid main event. So One you're not them. doing that match at WrestleMania then if you're booking? If, if everyone's healthy, again, I if I could get Steve Austin to agree, I do Steve Austin versus CM Punk. I do Gunther versus Seth. Gunther wins your Royal Rumble. Well, we're talking about Seth is injured. 
Well, if Seth is injured, then I think you're probably going to have to go with Punk or Gunther. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I think you have to go that way. Yeah, I. Uh, it, it, it's tough. You know, you could go. You could go. Drew McIntyre winning the world championship. Damian Priest also has the Money in the Bank briefcase. Who knows how he factors in? Drew McIntyre can win the world title if it is vacated. You could do McIntyre Punk at WrestleMania if you want, and Punk wins well, the you world championship. You bring up a good point. You bring up a good point. If Seth is like legitimately hurt, which again, I don't think any of us know just yet. There's reports that MRI is either today or tomorrow. Um, again, the initial report was that he's fine, but you know, an MRI is going to be telling if he is legitimately hurt and you could just kind of get him in the middle of that ring, stating something where he's, you know, not a hundred percent. We haven't given away the injury diagnosis yet. And priest cashes in. That's one way to do this. You could do that right on Monday night raw. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I, uh, again, I, I don't want to jump the gun on this. I truly hope that he's not injured. Uh, it did not look bad from what I watched last night. I know they gave me a mini heart attack with the Coloss near fall. It gave me terrible flashbacks to 2017. But I hope it's not the worst case scenario here. I mean, he's worked so hard and worked his ass off to build that championship up to mean something on Monday night. And the, the work, the matches he's put in, I mean, to me, he deserves a main event, which all goes back to my initial argument. Why we, I, I would, I would not want the rock and Roman at WrestleMania. You know, I, I don't want to see that happen because what about Seth and CM Punk? Seth deserves a main event. I know people are talking about rock and Roman night one, Cody and Roman night two. I mean, there's a lot of ways you could just really actively hurt people that don't really deserve that. But Rollins, if he's hurt, I don't think it's going to be the end-all, be-all for WrestleMania. They'll find a spot for Punk. Opportunities open up for McIntyre and Damian Priest, Gunther, Lesnar. I mean, WrestleMania is still looking to shape up to be a, a, a fucking all-timer, even if he is hurt, which goes, it's a testament to WWE's roster with how loaded they are and how fucking hot they are. If Rollins could go down as the world champion, yeah, WrestleMania is going to be fine without him. That's fucking crazy to even think about. I, I also hate that term, like... They deserve to be in the WrestleMania main event. That spot's earned. Rollins has earned it. For sure, but I'm just saying if there's a bigger match, star power-wise, magnitude-wise, impression-wise, all that other marketing-wise, then that's what's going to happen. You know? It seems yeah. like they're headed for, you know, just give you um, a little bit of like a, a, a kind of like a, a, an example that kind of fits. Is Rhea Ripley going to main event Perth, even though I love Rhea and she works better matches than 75% of the males? Against Nia Dude, Jax? Right, that's what I'm saying. So, I, you know, I that, that that match is not main eventing Perth, Australia. No. And she, that's her hometown. She deserves a main event, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. So just because we want something to happen or somebody deserves to be there doesn't mean it's best for business, realistically. And WWE is going to continue to do what's best for business. And if Seth Rollins isn't in the main event of WrestleMania night one, unfortunately, because it was what's best for business. Speaking of injuries, there was a report that came out of the performance center this week in regards to Cora Jade, NXT female talent that was injured down there. 
Uh, she was actually injured on a house show, which spawned a whole new topic of discussion within the community. And Meltzer talked about this with Brian Alvarez on the Wrestling Observer. Some people drew a questioning the WWE methods of training after several stars have been injured at the Performance Center. Now, uh, I read this, and she tore her ACL. She's going to be out for at least nine months. And she just got back from an injury, and Nikita Lyons just got back from an injury, which I believe was an ACL. Sol Ruka, who was down there, coming back from an ACL. It's a lot of ACL injuries happening, uh, especially with the women's division inside the Performance Center. I said this on Twitter yesterday. I don't think it's fair or a fair assessment that we're blaming the Performance Center and how they train talent um, because it's easy to pinpoint, oh, the coaches and the trainers, they're doing this wrong, they're doing that wrong, but realistically... A lot of the people that come out of that performance center and I'll put on TV, some of them belong on TV. And to be honest with you, some of them don't. They're very green. They still need the performance center. And they're out on the road, house shows along Florida. They're getting hurt. They're getting hurt on TV. You know, it's easy to blame the trainers. But, you know, realistically, when you step in that ring, I mean, one fucking miscue, it could happen on the simplest of fucking moves. And, and, and you tore a ligament. Like... I mean, I don't want to sit here and blame the fucking coaches when we all know WWE's got the best coaching staff, one of the best coaching staffs in the entire industry. I, You know, I, I hate this discussion. I hate this topic. Uh, no fault of your own. Again, guys, anything that we do here, we don't talk about before, and everything's organic. It's real reactions. It's real topics. JD doesn't send me a run sheet. This is the most overblown, ridiculously covered topic in all. It's not just this one. It's the narrative is across the board. Um, oh, if he didn't throw that many pitches, he would have never blew out his arm. Oh, if the turf was better, he would have never, you know, tore his ACL, MCL. Oh, if they didn't have to wrestle, you know, four nights a week, maybe these guys and girls would be in better health, better shape. All of a sudden, they wouldn't or have injuries. Or if Mahal and Rollins didn't have to wrestle last night, Rollins would have been, wouldn't have been hurt. Right. You know, whatever I the mean, case may be. But, but they got to make up their minds here. Like, we got to stop blaming everything else. Stop looking for scapegoats. Injuries happen. It's part of the business. It's part of the game. It's part of the sport part of entertainment it happens people get injured on movie sets aaron Rodgers got injured in the first series of his uh jets career i mean it is what it is man it's sports that's the risk you take i mean i get up every morning walk across my street get my mail i get hit by a bus it's a risk it is what it is i mean yeah. i you know this is this is not tiddlywinks this is sports and entertainment i play football every saturday i get hurt i get hurt i knew the risk i was taking when i signed up for this and these guys and girls know that too so i'm trying to blame everybody else for a situation all right it is what it is yeah uh i don't really like uh honestly it's in the news so i figured i'd bring it up i don't really like talking about that either but a lot of people are like oh wwe's not training their talent the right way i mean Come on, guys. I mean, the WWE talent that comes out of that performance center and, and then goes to NXT and then heads to Raw or SmackDown is the most polished talent that they could get. They are giving them there's hard cam cues. There's this, there's that at NXT. They have that up at the performance center. They are getting a masterclass on how to perform as wrestlers, sports entertainment on television. If you go to the PC and then you go to NXT and then you eventually hopefully get to Raw or SmackDown. So knock that shit off. There's there's no greater minor league developmental system than what WWE has, truthfully, because before that, there was nothing. The feeder system was OVW, and they did some things. Shout out to Cal Hero and Al Snow, who have that now. Cal's a star there. Al's the owner. Um, and you want to know what? Like, it, It's not the same. We have jumped leaps and bounds from that, and these talent are TV-ready when they head to Raw or SmackDown. 
Yeah, uh, she's 23 years old, guys. She'll be fine. Uh, there is uh, so much more growth there for Cora Jade. And I want to shout out my guy on, on Twitter, Ed Hamilton, at Big Ed Coach. He said this in my thread yesterday, just to give you guys a little different take on what we're talking about as far as the ACL injuries and a lot of them happening within the women's division. He says this, after 20 years of coaching girls soccer and being around girl athletes, ACL tears on females are so easy and common. Uh, best player ever I had. Tore hers turning on a field with no contact at all. The ACL on a female is at a slight angle because of their child-bearing hips. There you go. Guy in the field for 20 years gave his uh, medical expertise on my thread. So I figured that was a little interesting uh, tidbit there for you guys. I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> Whatever the case may be, man, it happens. Stop making it about. I've seen some people making it about AEW versus WWE too. Give me a break, guys. Come on. Ridiculous. There's a lot of women. There's a lot of women who are uh, more genetically gifted than men too. So let's just make sure we lay that on the table. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, sticking with WWE here, Kevin Patrick. He's in the news. Kevin Patrick apparently needs to step it up on commentary now that he's working without Michael Cole. Last August, it was announced that Michael Cole and Wade Barrett would serve as the commentators for Monday Night Raw. Cole remained on SmackDown while being joined by Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves, which was after the teams had been Patrick and Graves for Raw and Cole along with Barrett on SmackDown. At the time of the change, it was reported that WWE was high on Patrick and thought having him work with Cole would benefit his growth as a broadcaster. At the start of the new year, the teams consisted of two-man booths, which ended Cole's tenure on SmackDown. They moved Michael Cole over to Monday Night Raw exclusively because they're set to announce a major TV rights deal, and they want their number one guy, their, their voice, uh, on the flagship show. PW Insider reports some people within WWE Drew are watching to see how Patrick does on SmackDown without Cole steering the ship as lead play-by-play guy. It was added that there is a feeling in some circles that Patrick really needs to step it up as an announcer in the months ahead if he wants to keep his job. I found it very interesting that this, this news piece hit the dirt sheets. Uh, it's almost as if someone wanted Kevin Patrick to know that, and mm. they're keeping an eye on him. Uh, I have been very vocal about Kevin Patrick. I do not like what he does. I'm not saying that he's completely useless, but I do think that his role better fits a backstage interviewer, a pre-show, something along those lines, and you find somebody else to fill the void on play-by-play. He just doesn't do a good job, in my honest opinion, and I feel like a lead play-by-play man is at the top of the list of what you need, most important, when you have a pro wrestling show or any sporting event because that's the voice that you're going to be hearing throughout the two or three hours of the broadcast. Now, I, I made a joke to him, like, I don't know what he's doing. Maybe we should send out a search and rescue, go get Mauro Ronaldo, see what he's doing, tell him Vince McMahon's getting around on a fucking cane, he's not there anymore, get him back on, uh, on SmackDown and have him be the lead voice. What are we doing here? You love yourself some uh, Moro Ronaldo. I, I love uh, that. I love that man dearly. I mean, I, listen. I think he was talented. Um, I just, I think that there were certain factors with him that I think that they were. Um, He's not your I, cup of espresso. Right. No. 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 I I like him. I just thought didn't he have like mental health issues and stuff like that? That was okay. a big ball to him. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I wish him the best, and if he you know chooses to get back into this line of work, then great. Um, in terms of announcing. Because uh, he his voice was fantastic. He was great with NXT. Wish him the best. But I will say that, uh, you know, Kevin Patrick, um, you know, you said that. Do you think that they put that out on purpose? Of course they did. There's no, like, they're not going to sit Kevin Patrick down and be like, here's your performance review. They're going to leak that stuff on purpose, in my opinion. And Kevin Patrick's going to see it and hopefully he ups his game. 
do I think Kevin Patrick is um, is not doing a good job? Uh, I think it's a thankless job. I think it's extremely hard to do. You do it, not on WWE's level, but you do it along with Solomon Monster and some others. I have done some. It's not easy. It's a hard task. And uh, w- would I like to see somebody else in there? You know, I don't like to root for anyone's downfall, but uh, is he my cup of espresso? No, he's not. I could easily, you know, I would love to see Taz over there. Love to see him on SmackDown. I'd love to see Taz over there, too. Taz has got a great voice. He's got that broadcaster, New York-style radio voice, which we uh, are very familiar with. But Kevin Patrick, I mean, I don't know what they're waiting for. I don't know what they are looking to find that we haven't already heard from him. I mean, he's been there for a year. Obviously, if they can't tell after a year, I don't know what the fuck they're looking for. Like, we've been through this already. He's not good at what he does, and they've had a terrible time, Drew, of finding you know, lead play-by-play guys. Kevin Patrick didn't work out. He's not working out. Jimmy Smith, out of all the guys that we've had, I think Jimmy Smith might have been the best, and that's not really saying much. Comes from an MMA background, and he had a decent voice. And then we had Adnan Verk, which was a Nick Khan hire, and he was fucking terrible. He couldn't he couldn't remember anything. So it's yeah. like they have a very difficult time finding a new voice. They could which, do Vic Joseph. I mean, they tried him on Raw with Vince, yeah, um, well, and, and they didn't like it. Well, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's like it's like they're it's like they're they're stabbing Vic Joseph with a fucking knife in the back of the head, man. Ugh, I don't know what he's doing on commentary. He's fucking ridiculous. Well, he's just over the know, top. Um, you know, I don't. Um, I, I maybe Vic wants to be in NXT, but I, I do think Vic has a lot of talent. You know, I don't know. Yeah, they'll probably end up looking for somebody else, and then that guy will fail, and then Vic Joseph will probably be on Monday Night Raw. They did bring him up. I remember he was commentator with Dio Madden, uh, and that didn't work out. That lasted about, what, a month, month and a half, and then Vince McMahon axed that whole project. Then uh, Tom Phillips, I always think back to Tom Phillips. Now he's with uh, TNA. He does a fantastic job. I know he got into some hot water with uh, some stuff online, but... You know, his voice and what he lends to the TNA product, you know, it made the show actually a little watchable because he, he's got a, f- a very familiar voice. He's got a very good play-by-play voice. I think him uh, and, and what he does there is great. You know, he he was he was the quintessential successor to me to Michael Cole before he fucked up. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with you, but um, he did some... Things that probably yeah, weren't yeah, going to be great. We don't, need to, get, we, don't, we, yeah. we don't need to get into that. Vic Joseph right. is probably going to get that spot sooner rather than later. Maybe. Um, I mean, maybe. You know, I'm truthfully, maybe. I mean, maybe Vic likes it in Orlando. I, I mean, I would too. I mean, Chad, am I wrong about Vic Joseph? I mean, is he over the top? Like, it's like he just blurts out these fucking random grunts on comedy. Somebody, somebody said Pat McAfee. Listen, that was their plan, but Pat has his own show. He's on college game day. He could. Come back. I think that's another name to look out for. I think Pat could come back to do SmackDown if they change the uh, time and uh, I, or the date, and I think they will. But again, Friday is tough for Pat to do Friday night SmackDown and then fly out for Saturday, you know, college game day. Uh, he could do it, but, you know, he has a lot of contractual obligations. Football's his passion. But, uh, yeah, Pat could. Pat could, especially now that college is over. Sure. We will get into this one. This is pretty pretty interesting. I didn't think we were going to see this uh, anytime soon, but apparently it will be premiering soon. The Vince McMahon Netflix documentary will be premiering soon as Dave Meltzer was quoted saying he was interviewed for the project and it will be out sooner rather than later. 
He says, yeah, this week I went to Los Angeles to do a Netflix taping about Vince McMahon. So I guess what I can say, since I'm not supposed to say much about it, is that the Netflix series is going to be out sooner than you think. I guess that's the best way for me to put it. I'll know the date soon. I'll be able to release the date pretty soon. It's a uh, pretty big freaking deal, he says. And they interviewed all kinds of people. And I was told the most interesting person they interviewed is Vince McMahon himself. Yeah. Now I told um, you this documentary was coming, like, I want to say two months ago. Well, that, th this changed over the course of the last couple of months, you know, depending on how Vince McMahon was uh, kind of seated in the hierarchy here. Now that he's kind of been reduced in his role, uh, I honestly think that this is coming out now with him having his his role reduced. I don't find that to be a coincidence, but, you know, I'm going to sit here and be, and be blunt and upfront with you guys. Anything that's damning against Vince McMahon and got all the dirt and the juice on who he really is away from what he does business-wise, I love to see it, man. This is going to be a, a must-watch for me. I, <laughs> I see you rolling your eyes, man. Come on. I just don't root for anyone's downfall. I don't root for yours. I, you know, I don't condone Vince McMahon's actions, but I, I don't, like, take victory laps on someone's downfall. So, Would yeah, we I be mean, here without Vince McMahon? No. Is he a scumbag? No. Yes. So, there you go. Um. Yeah. Again, I the documentary will be must see, much must you know, much watch. But I don't. For me to sit here and dance on someone's grave is just not my. That's not me. I know. I know. But I, it, I think the documentary will be very telling, from what I've been told, and I think that was reiterated to the board. I think that was reiterated when Vince started selling stocks, which I told you guys to be on the lookout for. We're starting to get into the latter part of january here we're in q1 that's quarter one of 2024 and i said if vince starts selling off a lot of shares come q1 the end of q1 which would be kind of at the tail beginning or tail end of wrestlemania um watch out and this documentary has a march release date boy which would be smart by netflix they can capitalize on the wrestlemania buzz Vince is this, those stocks. Is this going to be uh, one of those things that Endeavor looks at, that Ari Emanuel looks at, and is kind of, I don't want to say the nail in the coffin for Vince McMahon, but oh, is, I, is, I is, is, is this him basically one foot out the door here? I mean, I think Vince is out the door. I just don't think that we've been made privy to that now, yeah. that information. I, I think Vince is still uh, actively asked about some things both, and they use his business mind, but I, I don't think Vince McMahon is... Uh, in the day-to-day -day business operations of WWE. Yeah. We just haven't been, that hasn't been made public because Vince needs to sell off some shares and make some money before they do that. So that's how that works, boys and girls. There you go. Hi. Uh, so that's coming guys. Uh, look, uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, always interesting to see uh, what uh, is happening in the world of Vince McMahon there. And that's coming to Netflix. So be on the lookout for that. Shifting gears here to uh, some ex WWE talent that made some waves in other promotions this past weekend. We'll start with Nick Nemeth, the former Dolph Ziggler. He showed up at the end of TNA, Hard to Kill, which I did actually watch. I opted wow. to watch that over uh, AW Collision on Saturday night. Uh, my honest, quick-to-the-point review here in oh so many words. I watch football. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't blame you. Uh, I was going back and forth with the football game. I had the iPad with TNA and then football on the big screen, but... Um, I was not blown away by what they did. I mean, I didn't really see anything new as far as what TNA uh, is ushering into the future of, of the product, but 
It, it sounded and looked like the same old TNA to me. They didn't really do anything that was uh, above and beyond what they were previously doing. But I was excited to see Nick Nemeth at the end of the show as Scott Demore hyped up a huge signing. And he said it was the biggest signing in the history of TNA, which I don't think this is. But, you know, they got to sell tickets and they got to create hype. So Drury showed up at the end of the world title match. Moose won the world championship there. And it wasn't revealed that Nemeth has, Nemeth has signed a full-time contract with the company, but he's excited about getting to work in TNA regardless. Uh, and he says, I had a lot of time to think in the last three, four, five, six months of where I wanted to go and where I wanted to extend my legacy, but also have a different chapter, a different mindset, and be a different person. I really feel like I'm a wanted man because the day I left my last job, I had so many and I'm so lucky that I had so many great people reach out, not to say thank you or none of that stuff, but congrats. A bunch of people reached out and said, we want you here. And I go, man, it feels great to feel wanted. I'm very fortunate and lucky that people came out. How can we get you? What can we do? And I was like, man, I'm kind of like a wanted man here. It's got me more excited and back in it. And I was like, I could show up and be a hired gun here. I could take this guy out and we could run over there. And figuring out where we could go when I watch TNA, I go to Impact and become TNA champion. Special moment here, hard to kill. This is my big coming out party. This could be a perfect fit, and hopefully I can back it up in the ring other than just talking about it and showing up. Um, I know you and I are, are, are big Ziggler guys. Uh, he is a fucking unbelievable pro wrestler. I do think he's going to make somewhat of a difference over there. But the most, the most excited I am about Nick Nemeth, Drew, is the fact that what is he going to do that he wasn't able to do in the last 10 years in WWE with a different promotion? He's going to be like a, a completely different animal. And him doing New Japan and Impact and just kind of showcasing what he is and who he is about, man, to me, that's fucking exciting. And I'm very happy for him. Yeah, listen, I, you know, I think Nick Nemeth, Dolph Ziggler, um, is going to be big fish in some smaller ponds, which I think is beneficial to him. He maximizes his minutes, and then he can show up in AEW, you can go back to WWE and have a bigger star than he was before. That's it. I mean, realistically, does Nick Nemeth make me want to watch TNA or New Japan Pro Wrestling? No, I'll check in every once in a while and see what he's doing. And just like Drew McIntyre and Cody Rhodes before him and some others, I hope that he rebuilds himself, uh, gets himself to a completely different level. And if he wants to head back to the main two, AEW and WWE, he does that. Look at Matt Cardona. Uh, Matt Cardona is the king of the indies, and he gets paid more to do indies than he did with his his contracts he stated with WWE. So whatever Nick Nemeth wants to do, I wish him all the best. Yeah, uh, I feel the same way. Is he going to get me to watch TNA? Probably not. I'm excited to see what he does. I'm a big fan of his work. Tell Jesse that. I'm going to keep uh, an eye on him and what he does. And, and I do see and I do feel the excitement that he, Ali, Matt Riddle are bringing to the Indies, and the Indies are the lifeblood of pro wrestling. Matt Cardona is amazing. He's doing his thing. I think him and Nemeth are actually wrestling in February at a GCW show. Winter is coming, too, or something along those lines for GCW. So that's uh, a long time in the making, and they're going to get their shit in there. Uh, the Indies are hot right now, and um, Ziggler and, and Ali are only adding to that. So it, it's it's a great deal for pro wrestling to have uh, all of that you happening need, with those guys there. You need that talent pool in the Indies yeah. for the Indies to survive. Cardona is, you know, basically like your biggest star in that indie pond. 
and uh, demands a high dollar, which I understand. And he does make a lot of talents, that being Matt Cardona. And if Nick Nemeth wants to do the same, more power to him. Look at Mustafa Ali. He's doing some things too. So I think all of these th- these three gentlemen can literally uh, re- you know, establish some, some indie promotions and help. And that's what you need in the wrestling business. It needs to stay strong. Yeah, uh, Nemeth can absolutely be the guy to take over uh, Cardona's spot. I, I I don't know how Cardona is not signed to a major promotion at, at this point. Uh, maybe I maybe maybe he doesn't want it, but yeah. I, I, I don't know if anybody's reached out to him. I don't I don't really look at him as the type of guy to ignore a phone call. If he gets a phone call and he gets a blowaway offer and some good creative, I think he's ready to go. But oh, I I, I don't think that he's you know I don't I don't know Matt personally, a Long Island guy just like myself, good dude from every time that I've had an interaction with him, but I don't know him on a personal level, but I will say that from what I've seen, um, he would absolutely take WWE's phone call. Um, and if it works, it works. But I think Matt's very happy where he's at. He kind of sets his own schedule, makes a boatload of money and he's happy. And at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing here is if you're happy doing what you're doing, so be it, you know, why be miserable? Yeah. Uh, the other name that uh, showed up, Away from his home base is Jack Perry. He showed up at Battle in the Valley for New Japan Pro Wrestling. He was sporting uh, his signature long hair, and he has a, a goatee. He was wearing all black, and he had an armband that said scapegoat. And uh, I believe he uh, had a run-in as he was uh, jumping the barricade with a lucha mask. And I don't know who he attacked. Shota Umino or something along those lines, but... Uh, I, I want to get your opinion on that, Drew. What happened? I don't you, care. That's how you feel. You don't care about Jack Perry. I, I, don't, up I, don't, I don't care. Uh, Jack Perry. Well, you got to give me a reason why you don't care. Uh, Jack Perry is the reason why AEW had some realistically, unbelievably stupid things happen to their business. And I, you know, I, I, uh, Jack Perry is a heat magnet. Good for him. He wants to do the ripping up the contract. Doesn't null involve, you know, doesn't make the contract void. I just don't care. I don't care about Jack Perry. I, I liked him before the CM Punk stuff. I thought it was childish. Um, and now I believe that they're going to like lean into this, which yeah. again is fine, but Jack Perry does nothing for me. He really doesn't. And you know, he wants to be made the scapegoat or something like that. Cool. I, Jack Perry does nothing for me, and I wish the whole incident with Jack Perry and CM Punk didn't happen because I, AEW desperately needed Punk on their roster, and now he's with the competition, and he's thriving. So thanks, Jack. Did uh, Jack Perry and, – and listen, I, I do I think it's – if he wants to remain in wrestling, is this the best place for him right now? Yeah, I think this is a, a good reset for Jack Perry. Will it mean something three, four, five months down the line? Probably not. Nobody gives a shit. I doubt anybody cares. But is this something that's going to follow him the rest of his career? He'll never get past the CM Punk situation, and he'll just be what he is right now. Like you, people, fans, indifferent to where he shows up and what he does. Nobody's going to think any more of what they think of him now. No, and people were like, oh, he ripped up his contract. Yeah, yeah that doesn't mean anything nowadays. Yeah, guys, what Drew's mentioning, he rich, he ripped up his AEW contract in some big boy, uh, you know, scheme there on New Japan Battle of the Valley. Yeah, I'm not with AEW I, anymore, man. Let me blur the lines. Get the fuck out of here. Sure. I think that Jack <laughs> Perry had a lot of potential. Um, his theme song, the whole Jungle Boy stuff was, was fantastic. Jim Ross used to call him Jungle Boy Jack Perry yep. because when Jack Perry... Um, ditch the jungle boy, it would have been a perfect transition. I saw a lot of upside in Jack Perry, um, but he's very immature. 
and I hope he uh, realizes that. And if he could get back to, you know, his different forms and stuff like that, then we'll see. But right now, I, can, I, I don't care about Jack Berry. I think uh, a lot of people share that same sentiment, but it did happen. Uh, Nick Nemeth showed up with TNA, Hard to Kill. Jack Perry showed up with New Japan. Dana Brooke is now with TNA as well. She showed up as uh, Ash by Elegance. Nobody cares. But it's in the news. If you guys are wondering where all these free agents from WWE are landing, that's where some of the more notable ones are landing. What happened? I said Jack Perry was never with WWE, but well, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He landed. Wasn't um, was Dana Brooke on TNA too? Yeah, her name is Ash by Elegance. Oh, Ash by Elegance. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. loved how everyone was like, yo. Because I was checking in a little bit while I was uh, watching football. Yo, it's Mercedes and Bailey. They're at the TNA show. And, I, and that's Triple H. And I was like, what? What? What's wrong with y'all? They thought Mercedes and Bailey were Triple H and Nick Khan. What? I don't know. There was some like picture circulating. And I was like, and what? Like, this the is fuck the would most Triple H be doing at a TNA show? You know what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I don't know what, you know, everyone was talking about. There's this big fireworks celebration that was supposed to happen last night. And I mean, where I, you know, I just don't, I don't know where people come up with this stuff. Yes. Naomi wrestled her last match for TNA. Uh, I think that weekend was her last set of dates. Uh, that'll take her until the end of the month. And uh, we'll roll on into the Royal Rumble with Naomi back in WWE. Now, I know a lot of people did make a big deal about Mercedes and Bailey being there. Listen, geeks, they were there to support her, uh, their friend Naomi Trinity. So, uh, you know, Bailey and Mercedes, even though they work away from each other right now, they're still in communications and still good friends. So, I don't really know how that's news, but yeah, I again, you know, people support people. That's what good friends do. That's what that's you know, that's just kind of what it is. Just because they're at a building that a wrestling show is holding. A, sh a wrestling company is holding a show. It doesn't mean they're going to show up on TV. That's a huge difference. Yeah. Okay? Uh, shifting gears to AEW here. Uh, Dynamite was quite controversial, man. I fucking hated the show on Wednesday. I, I thought it was you terrible. don't say. I, I thought it was you terrible, man. I uh, man, that was uh, that was there a review go. a review for the ages on Wednesday, man. Holy shit, that I did, man. I I, I unleashed. I I hated the show. Uh, uh, you asked me. I think you you publicly quote tweeted me. He's like, "What are you fucking crazy? This was a good yeah. show." I'm like. What, what what happened here? Well, what happened on this show that it was a great show? I mean, what is everybody seeing that I'm not seeing? Please, please indulge. Well, first of all, they made their world champion a focal point, which we have bitched and complained yes, about for months. that's great. I love the best part of the show. Right. And then they also lined up three potential challengers, one of which is having a match uh, tomorrow against okay. Samoa Joe, and that'd be Hook. And you kind of got Swerve and Hangman saying, I'm still coming for that title too, oh. Josie. They gave you the lay of the land. Uh, Sting's goodbye to Daly's place, where a lot of you are like, there's no history with Sting here. Yeah, there was. He made his AEW debut. Three years ago at right. Daly's place. His first match, I should say, at Daly's place. So, I mean, that was that. The Bucks, that, I, I didn't see the Bucks taking on Sting and Darby at Revolution. It seems like that's what Sting wants. That was a highlight focal point of the show. The other things were, first of all, the opening match was, was absolutely fantastic. Okay, so you get storyline-driven material. You'll get great matches, and you'll still bitch. What do you What do you want? What do you want? I mean, just because and I'm not talking directly to you, just because Mercedes Monet didn't show up doesn't mean the show sucked. I mean, if, oh, if I don't the give show a shit if she didn't show up, right? But I mean, everybody was. She posted a picture in the airport. Like, do you think that Mercedes is gonna fly commercial? You friggin' idiots! <laughs> She's on a private jet. It's Tony Khan we're talking about. 
It's Tony Bucks, baby. He's not sending Mercedes on commercial. Here's a first class ticket to Jackson. What are you guys on drugs? I mean, seriously. And she posts a video or a picture and everyone's like, yo, that's the Jacksonville airport, bro. Yo, it's like, what? Puppet master, Mercedes Varnado. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, you know, like. When, when Monet is AEW, we'll all see it on TV. But I, I, I thought the show was very good. You had a lot of first times for Daily's Place, too. They got Ed, they got Adam uh, Copeland on the show. In a nothing match. Uh, but okay, but I mean, like, they, sometimes that happens. You got to get these guys and girls on the show, man. It's not, like, where what is Adam Copeland doing normally? Adam Copeland is pretty much a collision guy, or unless he's on, you know, uh, Dynamite furthering a storyline with Christian Cage. They got Copeland on a match at Daly's place. The show was a half tribute to Brody Lee and you crapped on it. Whatever. That's your opinion. You're entitled to it. I thought you were nuts and Copeland wanted to work the building. What? I don't understand. Like just because every match didn't have storyline driven. Let me ask you this. Bro, the product feels all over the place. There's no fucking organization there. It's like their biggest draws hurt. So what? What? But they made Joe a badass. They make him a big bad Joe badass. Joe is a badass. So, but what do you want? What do you want Tony Stories. to do? Stories. He gave, you, he gave you three of them. Those are Plus, stories? He gave you three of them in one fucking What's segment. What's the story? What do you mean? There's three legitimate challengers for the AW World Championship now. One All we're right, seeing, Paige and uh, Swerve. All right, we get the story there. But what about Swerve and Joe? What's the story? What do you mean? What's the story? The story is the championship. That's what the that's what the whole story is with every right. world champion and its challenge. All right, the story after the fucking stream is I'm gonna go make myself an old fashioned. Why? Why? Okay. Why? Because he's holding the world championship. And Swerve wants you, to be world champion. Going, there's gotta be some dissension there. There's gotta it's be all, some conflict there. It was chapter one. He's not giving you the whole book in one night. There's you no know stories, how this shit dude. works. The women had no stories. That eight-man tag had no stories. I mean, you're harping on ha- two eight-man tags. Okay, we could remove them from the equation. Sting almost died. <sighs> now, now you care about Sting's Get <laughs> The fuck out of here. I'm just saying, bro, like, he book, I- bro, Tony Khan books the show like he's throwing darts at a fucking dartboard. That's 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 insane. I, I'm not sitting here saying that at times it hasn't been the case where you're like, this really doesn't make any sense. But all of a sudden he starts to give us stuff, Tony, that makes sense, and you hate it? Why? Because nothing makes sense on the show. I don't agree. I disagree. They gave you they gave you they sold out the Greensboro Coliseum. It's like what 16, 17,000 without announcing who Sting's opponents are or opponent would be. We got that. You got three challenges for Joe's championship. And Joe basically said, if you want some, come get some. I'm going to run through you sons of bitches. And I'm going to be a defending champion. And they made Joe killed it. And again, the show was a tribute to Brody. You know, like a lot of these guys and girls came out that were part of, you know, dark order or were close with Brody. They had matches. I'm not saying you you can't do that. There's a time and a place to do that. Not in the middle of a, of a pay-per-view build. Do that shit in the middle of December where there's nothing going on. And there, again, their biggest draw is gone for however long it's going to be. I see that there's odds on him entering the Rumble, which is just asinine. Who, but MJF? Tony's, no. Yeah. Tony's trying to give us some stuff that is the focal point of his whole roster, his whole brand, which is the AW World Championship. 
He gave us that they're going to swerve and hangman seem like they're going to have a little bit of a program. And then maybe whoever gets that will get Joe. We have hook and Joe. Now, did I like the bad signal? Not really. Really? You didn't um, like that? I thought that was a nice uh, little uh, touch there for hook. You don't like that? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Listen, man, oh, I have within good reason to know that hook and what he does is from hook. Okay. It's his idea. I don't listen. I'm and I that hook just put out a video that I'm interested to see in. It's snowing, all that other stuff. The bad single thing was a little strange to me, but again, hook is a silent character for the most part. But I like when the signal hit. Uh, I like that hook, you know, came out, did all this other stuff, got in his face. Hook was not afraid of Joe. There was a huge story there. He wasn't backing down. He's going to get his ass whipped probably tomorrow night. He's going to have a little bit of offense where Joe's going to look dominant. And that's another story, man. Uh, again, you know, we asked Tony to talk, uh, Khan to do some things. He does it, and then everyone craps on it. You guys can't make up your mind. And that's what Tony Khan needs to stop doing. He needs to stop listening to the small minority on social media because realistically, they're going to lead you to a pond that has no water, Tony, and you'll die of dehydration. Well, he, Trust he, me he, on that. He, he complained that people were complaining about Hook and Samoa Joe. I didn't see no complaints about that. I mean... I mean, how how many weeks build have we got for this match? One, and, and when did the, the, the gauntlet get thrown down from Hook to Joe? On Rampage or Collision? How many people were watching? 300,000? <laughs> nobody, nobody saw it. Like, who's complaining about this match? More people were complaining about Jinder and Seth Rollins, which, which kind of made his argument on social media a little ridiculous. Everybody was complaining about that. Then he said, where's the backlash? Where's the outrage? Everybody was fucking complaining about it. Nobody complained about Hook and Joe. Oh uh, yeah, there no, there was. There was a lot of people who complained about Hook and Joe on Twitter. A lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I must have. Yeah. I, I must have missed it then. I didn't see it. She, they were like, "Oh, just because uh, Hook is undefeated or has a winning record in the whatever in twenty twenty four doesn't guarantee him." Look, he he took a shot. He caught. He he shot a shot. Joe answered the bell, and now we have a match on Wednesday. I mean, it's booking. It's the simplest form of booking. I, you didn't like the show. You didn't like the show. Whatever. I, it just didn't do anything for me, you know. And that's your I'll, opinion. Uh, Everyone has uh, one. Okay. I mean, that's uh, some people in the chat liked it. Drew liked it. I didn't like it. I mean, the world goes round and round. I'm not going to lose fucking sleep over it. Everybody enjoyed I, my rant about I, it. It is what it is. Hold on a second. Just because I agreed with the direction that Tony Khan is going, doesn't mean that I'm on the AW payroll. Oh, yeah, chat, that, no. that's, that's that's what happens, man. You're you're uh, you're in Tony Khan's pocket now. Oh yeah. Well, no, but. Again, he's on the payroll. You know, yeah. I listen. I enjoyed Dynamite. I did. All right. Hopefully, I, I, they have a better effort tomorrow. Whatever. Even if they do, you'll hate it. Well, if there's stories, I won't hate it. I mean, there is a massive story. Hook and Joe tomorrow. All right. All right. We'll see. I'm looking forward to seeing what Hook does against Joe tomorrow. But the big selling point, like you said, was Sting. And his retirement match. Nobody expected the Young Bucks. I was ready to shit on it until Jesse, believe it or not, kind of reeled me in. And he was like, y you know, let's let's wait and see this play out. Because if Sting and the Young Bucks are going to be his final match, which they teased on Wednesday, 100% Sting had a say in who he wanted to wrestle. And that's exactly what had happened, uh, Drew. We have it doesn't um, take a fucking rocket scientist to figure that out. Tony's, uh, Tony's going to let Sting call a shot. I know, but a lot of pe a lot of people are upset about it because of the way the Young Bucks handled the CM Punk situation. They feel the fans. And you might, don't think okay? That, that, you don't, they don't think deserve that spot? All right, let me let me explain something to you, knuckleheads. Really, really slow. You don't think that Steve Borden Sting sees what has transpired over the past couple of months here with AEW? 
okay, six to eight, nine months. And you don't think that what he's trying to do is give a little bit of shine, that sting shine in Greensboro, North Kakalaki, okay, at the Greensboro Coliseum, sold out, standing room only. If Sting is gonna Sting is gonna prop more than likely go out on his sword and lose that match against the Bucks. That would that's just how I think Steve Borden would see the business. If he doesn't, Sting, and he wins, whatever. But that's giving the Bucks a little bit of shine, a little bit of light that they desperately needed because they and Jack Perry were painted as villains throughout this whole thing. And rightfully so, the way that they conducted themselves at times were childish. And, and the same thing goes with Punk, even though I, I believe Punk tried to mend those fences and he was met with a wall. That's yeah. it. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. Steve Borden is trying to help the Bucks out, just like AEW helped out Steve Borden and Sting. Because Sting was done yeah. until Tony gave Sting the proper send-off here. And that's what we're getting for three years. And, and that is a good way to look at it. And, you know, the finish of the match, everybody's thinking, you know, and talking about what the finish may be. Meltzer talked about the finish. He says, any finish is going to be what Sting wants to be the finish. If he wants to go out on a loss, Tony's not going to say no to Sting. If he wants to go out on a win, Tony's not going to say no to Sting. Will he, Sting, pick the finish? I don't know that, but he will have the ability to pick the finish if he so wants to. It's just a question of, of, he may not care about the finish. Now I ask you, Drew, you know, obviously a lot of people, I think personally, Tony Khan would love it for the AW record books for Sting to be undefeated within AEW. He can certainly book him to win his final match, but Steve Borden may think otherwise. How possible is it? That Sting goes out on his back with a loss in his final match, and the Young Bucks get that heat on this new heel run and take that into the uh, spring and summer months, you know, kind of relishing in the fact that, ha, 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 we're heels now, and we ended Sting's career, and we beat him in his final match. How likely is that that Sting will do that for Matt and Nick Jackson? I think that, um, first of all, it's 50-50, just like anything. But I will say that I think Steve Borden Sting will probably grew up old school, came into the business old school. I have a funny feeling that you know Steve Borden Sting will do what's right by the business. If for some reason you know you know Sting wants to win, um, then he's earned that too. But I think Sting will put over the Young Bucks to enhance this new heel run. Um, and hopefully ignite something for AEW. That's the way I view this going down. And I don't view it going down the way, you know, it's tough because what you could really do is have them beat the holy hell out of Sting. Yeah. And we're he's never seen again, you know, that type of stuff stretchered out. But is that really the send-off you want to give Sting in Greensboro? No. Where he loses the match and then does the waves, the goodbye, and everything else like that. Probably what's going to happen. But I do think... Um, that I think, you know, Steve Borden Sting will do the right thing by the business. And uh, I think he'll put over the Young Bucks because I think they desperately need it. If he doesn't, then he doesn't. He's earned that right too. Yeah, uh, I do think the Young Bucks are going to make Sting look great. I think they're going to bump around and make that match feel uh, bigger than... Stop. Yes. Stop right there. That is the best point that you have made this entire, you know, Young Bucks Sting, everything yeah. else thing. Why is this match happening? Who the hell is going to be able to bump around for Steve Borden and, and Darby's going to take most of this yeah. punishment, but who else is going to take th the bumps and everything else for sting the bucks, the bucks will give their body to sting a hundred percent. And that's the thing, you know, so would FTR, but we've seen that match. Would it be cool? Yes, it would be cool. Yeah, I did. But, I did mention know. that on Wednesday. I'm like, FTR would have made a lot more sense being where they're taking this show on the road and, and obviously be, it being North Carolina, but 
Like, like you said before, we've we seen that match a couple of years ago. Yeah, and Sting also has reiterated time and time again, don't paint anybody as the villain here. Sting called the shot, and he said he will never wrestle a singles match ever again. Yeah. And he is living up to that word, okay? This is Sting's goodbye in the Greensboro Coliseum in North Carolina. You, you shit on Tony and a bunch of his decisions, but he at, at times does right by his boys and girls, and this is doing right by one of the biggest stars ever in the industry. Yeah, Tony's, Tony's going to do right by Sting. I have no problem with that. I have uh, absolutely no um, you know, hesitation in saying that Tony Khan is going to make Sting's retirement very special. I mean, we're looking at 16000 in that in that place. It's going to be unbelievable to watch that happen. And my only problem is, and I said this on Wednesday, I don't want Tony to go into this just thinking about Sting and Sting only. He's got another entire pay-per-view card to flesh out. Now, if we look at it, Sting, Darby, Young Bucks, probably going to be the main event. We got MJ, uh, MJF out. We got Samoa Joe with the World Championship now. We're looking at maybe Swerve, Samoa Joe, or Page Swerve, Samoa Joe in a triple threat match. Then we got Copeland and Christian potentially in a steel cage or a ladder match. So I'm looking at those big three, and I'm going to need Tony Khan to show us a little bit more. I want others. That, that's where I, that's where I am coming from. Where I mean. Where are the stories? Those are the stories. Like we, I see what the stories are, or what the stories are going to to be. Yeah. But where where is everything else? You know, everything else just feels so hollow. There's there's nothing dude, else there for me to see. I know, but I mean, that's what he did with World's End too. It was only those three matches, and everything else just thrown on the card. But I don't want shit. it to be another World's End. But World's End, the whole premise of that show was to get the reveal of the henchman and the devil. And it was also to have MJF in his backyard and be screwed, which is what they did on Long Island. The Copeland Christian match came together, you know, over the course of what was it like th two, three weeks. And that match sold enough um, that you wanted to be in the building for that. That was two major matches. And then you had the Continental Classic finals, which was like the biggest underdog story, right? Everyone counted Kingston out and he, he finally, uh, you know, vanquished. John Moxley and got rid of that demon that he had because he could never beat Mox and he was always viewed as like the guy who just came up short. There was a lot of things. You're not that wrong. You're not wrong. Those those, those were what? built matches. Everything else right. felt like it was just put on the show for no reason. All right. Okay. So then let's talk about Survivor Series. What what on Survivor Series was like you know built for? Well, four I said months. the same thing. I mean, half the fucking matches that didn't even need to take. It felt like a Monday Night Raw. Okay. Zoe Stark, Rhea Ripley, Gunther, Miz. Nobody gave a shit okay. about those matches outside war games. Okay. So I think what I'm trying to explain to you, which I think you understand, is that pay-per-views, premium live events, are normally built on the back of either one or two massive matches and a good undercard. And realistically, like TLC, everyone loves the TLC match that, that happened at WrestleMania. Um, that was just getting tag teams together with some ladders, and it turned into something. And then there was story behind it. After WrestleMania, then they did it at SummerSlam. Then they did it at WrestleMania 17. So there's a lot of undercard that happens and a lot of other things, you know, come together. And then we start talking about it. Sometimes you know, PLEs and pay-per-views are used to enhance other stories going forward on television. I, I, you know, not everything needs to have 9 million chapters before we get there. The pay-per-views and premium live events are normally built on three, the backs of three major matches or four, sometimes two. You don't, you don't want to see more? 
I think you buy a pay-per-view or a premium live event, which, you know, thankful WWE, we don't have to buy them all, um, to see the attractions, just like a boxing pay-per-view uh, back in the day. Who the fuck gave a shit about the undercard when Mike Tyson was boxing? Not me. Did you? No. No, you didn't. You know? I mean, McGregor's fights on UFC. You can't compare boxing and wrestling. Well, I'm just saying, like, you the you buy pay-per-views for the attraction. If Roman's on it, Lesnar, all that, those are attractions, and they don't you don't need seven months of a build. You could do long-term storytelling if you want. That's part of it, but you could do this, you could do um like the Royal Rumble, uh, you know, the fatal four-way match that we're having here at the Royal Rumble. That match really came together, what, two, three weeks? So you would be okay with WrestleMania being Rock, Roman, theoretically, Punk, Rollins, Gunther, Lesnar, and then after that, we'll just throw whatever on the show. Like As long as it has three marquee matches. I didn't say that. I just said you don't need a you know four-week build. WrestleMania is going to get a big build because it's WrestleMania. But, I mean, we're a week away from the Rumble, and you don't have Seth Rollins' opponent, right? But you, got, you, got, you got about six or seven stories within the Rumble itself, though. Okay. And you don't think that that WWE and, and AEW does that? You just think that, don't get me wrong. There are times where WWE and AEW throws things together on a pay-per-view or premium live event because the boys and girls got to get a residual check. I get that. I'm not arguing that point. But again, pay-per-views and premium live events are built off two or three major matches. That's it. It's a, It's been a concept since we were kids. WWE's got more stories in the men's Royal Rumble match than Dynamite and Collision have together on five hours of weekly television. Bro, there's 30 people in that sucker. <laughs> of course there's stories. What are we talking, talking about? about that? We don't even know who... There, there's six men announced for the Rumble. What are you talking about? Name the six men in that Rumble. Drew McIntyre, Gunther, CM Punk, Cody Rhodes. Who else is in the Rumble? Nakamura. Nakamura is announced, right? F- five guys. I mean, I'm just saying, there's a that's some heavy hitters. Bobby Lashley, there's your six guy. You announced all right, there. Right, thank you. All right, so yeah, so JD was wrong. There's six. I didn't know all six, but I mean, there's those some heavy hitters. I mean, the WWE basically built the Royal Rumble off two stories, two men, Punk and Cody. That's it. Who's finishing their story, Cody or Punk? That's what this Rumble is all about. That's it. Sorry, you don't like it, but that's the truth. All right, they got to throw a little Drew McIntyre in there, sprinkle a little juice in there. All right, let me throw a little Nakamura, who's been Cody's adversary. Okay, a little juice in there, too. A little sprinkle in there. But, I mean, realistically, what is the Rumble story? What are we telling? Is it Cody or is it Punk? Now we got Gunther. Could it be Gunther? Hmm. It's that, that's what they're doing, dude. That's what they're doing. I know, and, and I, be- I know that's what they're doing, but I just want to see more stories on Dynamite and Collision. That's all. I want championships to mean something, man. I don't want Orange Cassidy to come out and, oh, yeah, I guess I'll defend my title against this no-name guy. I would, Bro, listen, they had Adam Copeland wrestling Lee Moriarty on Saturday night. Are you fucking well, kidding me? But again, Copeland came to AEW to, be, to do what he wants to do, have some program, and he wanted to be... You, you know what Copeland's doing, which a lot of you aren't talking about? Bro, Dustin Rhodes Kirk- wrestled fucking Willie Mack, man. Oh, I'm not listen, not everything's gonna have stories, but I'm telling you, Adam Copeland is doing what Kurt Angle used to do with the open challenge on SmackDown. He's giving young guys a chance to shine, and he's also wrestling people he wants to wrestle. He like again, you Adam Copeland, uh, a big match on for Adam Copeland on collision. Okay, what are you gonna draw? An extra 150k, 200 maybe. I'm just saying, like Adam Copeland's having fun. And again, don't get me wrong. Copeland and Christian have their own storyline, but Christian's nowhere to be found right now. 
So, you know, let Adam Cole do what he wants to do in Collision. That's part of the reason why he signed with AEW. He could be a, an, a, a, an artist with a giant canvas. I don't, I don't disagree with you. I just feel like it's a wasted appearance. I just feel like uh, his luster is like, hey, you know what, whatever, you know. But if, okay, we can't have both sides of the coin, too, because we just did this with Roman. Now, all of a sudden, if Edge is only appearing on one Dynamite a month and the pay-per-views every quarter or, or two months. And he, could show, like, he could show up and cut a promo. I don't want him wrestling Lee Moriarty. Okay. I mean, I, I, I get it. You, know? you, you, you have seen enough of Adam Copeland in AEW. No, I haven't seen enough of Adam Copeland in AEW. I want to see Adam Copeland wrestling top-tier guys, not Lee Moriarty. He wrestled Christian, man. Christian's probably the best heel in the business. Correct. Okay. But he wrestled him on Dynamite in Quebec. Yeah, but there was the time and the setting for that. Yeah. It was appropriate. Who do you want Adam Copeland to face in North Carolina with 5,000, 4,000 people there? What do you want? Who do you want him to face? His storyline is intertwined right now with Christian Cage. All right. Take a microphone and cut a promo. Okay. Lee Moriarty. I mean, I, I, listen, man, you know, I, I, I felt like even on Dynamite, fucking Ring of Honor six-man tag team titles are being defended on Wednesday, man. Did we forget that AEW has three championships? AEW has way too many championships to begin with. I've like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, nothing make, like, that shit doesn't make sense. It bothers me. I, I do believe that we're in a situation where, you know, the heavy focus is on the AW World Championship, which makes a lot of sense. The TNT Championship, which also makes a lot of sense. But then the others are kind of just like thrown together. I, I do believe that what I would do is I would have Collision have a couple championships that are defended there regularly. And the storylines are driven there regularly. And there's regular talent on that show regularly. And then you can have some dynamite stuff the same i don't think we need to mix the two um and i think your world champion should be on both yeah no, I, I i i agree there um as far as the news on, on my end that's all i got uh if you got anything else uh extra here uh, i'd love to get into that if there is anything uh i had a couple things here but let me uh did you notice that um that raw looked a little different last night yeah, I did read that. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be a uh, permanent set moving forward, but I do think it was due to the snowstorm and the fact that they could not get their usual truck and production uh, set up there uh, in Little Rock, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I heard it was the look was the arena was being that was structured in such a way that the building won't be able to support the lighting rigs that normally hangs from the ceiling, which made sense on that report. That was circulating, I believe. It, I don't know if it was uh, PW Insider Wrestling on one of those guys, uh, outlets. But if you look into the crowd, there are like stand-up yes. canopy, not like canopy things, but like you know the 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 stands yeah. and the and to hold lighting rigging, which would make sense. I just think the building wasn't fully equipped. Um, but whatever they have. did, I thought they did a good job. It looked very unique. I love the the lighting rigs in the aisleway with the big screen behind it. I thought it was a nice look. I hated it. I, I hated it. I hated it. Um, there was something else, too. Oh, I wanted to ask you, I mean, how good is truth? How good is our truth? Our truth is great. I mean, he's got me blocked on Twitter. I don't know why. I never said anything negative about him at all, ever. Know. But uh, uh, I think what he's doing with Judgment Day is great. And you could see now slowly uh, how it's unraveling. Damian Priest has a very 
uh, weird relationship with R-Truth. He's very fond of R-Truth, and I think that's going to be his downfall. And the rest of the Judgment Day is not going to be too uh, appreciative of that, and they're going to consider him a weak leader. And I think however they they weave this thing onto television, at first it didn't make sense, and I thought it kind of ruined the legitimacy of Judgment Day because they were taken so serious. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's in some odd way, it's fucking working, and I'm liking it, you know? They, they just He interacts so well with everybody, and that's what everybody loves. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, my, I have one more here. Do you believe that Matt Riddle will end up back in WWE? And do you also believe that there were plans for him to win the Royal Rumble? Uh, I don't think that there were plans for him to win the Royal Rumble. Do I think he'll end up back in WWE? Um, uh, listen, I'm not going to say uh, no, because you can never say never. Um, if he gets his head on right, I think Triple H will give him another shot, for sure. It's a different administration. I do feel like he needs to uh, work on himself first. Get out there, do what he's got to do, have some banger matches, show he can really be professional. And uh, if that's his ultimate goal, he will make it his ultimate goal. I think he's got all the tools in the world to be one of the best in the world. If he if he wants to be that, I wish him the best. Yeah, he did Agreed. say he, he did say that uh, if there was a place for him to, him and Goldberg to wrestle, it would be AEW. <laughs> don't tell TK that, man. I don't want I don't want him to know. <laughs> Congratulations to Goldberg's son. He is yes, going I saw to that. Colorado. Good for him to play for Deion Sanders. Neon Deion, one of my favorite athletes of all time. So shout out to Gage. Good luck. Yeah, man. Uh, that is that is everything we got on uh, on TNT, man. This uh, this big episode thirty. We thank you guys for joining us here on uh, on Tuesday night. We're gonna get into the super chats. We thank you guys for your support. Please follow us on social media at JD from NY two hundred six X Instagram TikTok cameo at Andrew Baydala on X. Make sure you guys go follow him on there. Always full of knowledge and giving you the uh, the real in pro wrestling when he wants to, when he's not drinking his espresso. Appreciate make, that. Make sure you guys go hit that thumbs up, man. We got 750 likes. I'd love if we could get as close to 1,000 as possible. Super chats are open. We're going to get into them in just a second. And go hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Like I said earlier in the show, and we discussed it's been a rough day. I appreciate all the support that you guys showed me today, man. The ones that matter are here. So thank you guys very much. Uh, and I will be live with Jesse tomorrow night, man, in hopes of having a good dynamite tomorrow. Should be good. Um, Michael Krause with a two. What's up, JD? Thank you. Always keeping it real 24-7 with a $2 super chat. Thank you, Michael. Uh, devoted with 18 months. TNT, nowhere else I'd rather be. Love the show, guys. Thank you both. Thank you, Devoted. Thank you. Stephen Brewer, 12 months, no message. Thank you for one full year here on the channel. Stephen, appreciate your support. Beyond the script with 28 months, another month closer to 30. Things are getting better. Love you, JD. And why am I seeing scumbag Scampoli on X? Get him out. Well, X is... Uh, run by elon bro we're seeing a lot i see a lot of people that i've blocked show up on my feed and i don't know why 30 episodes three zero yeah thank you for the support um chris bell with 20 months 20 months here's to 20 more thank you chris michelle moran with a two if punk does not get a wrestlemania main event would he walk out no he's not going nowhere 
Tay Tay with a 9.99. I don't give a shit about Hulk Hogan's record. Was Hulk Hogan's comments disgusting? Yes. Cody Rhodes should beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40, period. I agree. If that's the way they're going, sure. But I stated this before. Somebody asked the question on Twitter. Would you rather have, if Roman's winning regardless, would you rather Roman's WrestleMania opponent be Cody Rhodes or The Rock? And I say The Rock. Jorge with a 499. How do you audible WrestleMania without Seth? Punk versus Cody slash Roman versus Rock at WrestleMania? Was gender match a waste or a jinx? Um, it wasn't a waste. I mean, I I thought gender was a waste. I mean, I, I was expecting a priest cash, and I, I, I thought what Drew discussed last week, I absolutely thought that was a great idea. I don't know why they didn't go with that, but maybe. Uh, maybe they, they could do it this week, man. Yeah. Uh, he's wrestling McIntyre on Monday. We'll see what happens there. Or I said, Drew, on, on my review last night, I'm like, if Rollins is okay to go and Rollins doesn't have an opponent for Royal Rumble and Drew McIntyre's kind of stopped Priest from cashing in now two, three weeks in a row, what if Priest just cashes in against Rollins and say, you know what, I'm just going to cash this fucking thing and get my title match. What is he going to do then? Call a shot. Yeah. Definitely could. That would be, you know, something that he's like, I want to have my shot at the Royal Rumble or whatever and uh, Punk wins the Rumble, he could cost Priest the title match because he wants Rollins so bad. I yep. don't know. Or Judgment Day gets involved or something. R-Truth gets involved. Who knows? But uh, I yeah. expected something more to happen last night. Kind of disappointed it didn't. But um, I don't think we should be talking about Seth not being at WrestleMania yet. Let's see what happens with his uh, supposed injury first. John 10 with a $7 Super Chat. If Roman goes by Hogan, he needs to face Rock at WrestleMania. Yes, which I hope is not the case. I think it should be Cody and Roman. Them doing a four-way at the Rumble tells me Roman's going by Mania as champ, and they need singles opponents after Mania, which is why I think Rock, Roman. Now, I think I think the road is very simple, man. It's not that convoluted. You, you, you do the Rumble, Roman wins, Roman Rock, Chamber, Roman Cody, WrestleMania, and, and we move on. Um, Edmund Van Buren with 16 months. Heavy is the head that wears the crown, and kings don't address the inferior. JD, you are the king in the words of Drew. Tell them to go stack marbles. Thank you, Edmund. Steph Morrison with $20 Super Chat. Why does Cody have to finish his story at WrestleMania? Why not the Elimination Chamber? It's about who beats Roman. Cody finishes his story. That's what we will remember. WWE will prioritize Rock and Roman at WrestleMania. Drew said it. Who's bigger? Who's the bigger attraction? I don't think Cody should finish his story at the Elimination Chamber, just like you guys don't think Rock should work the Elimination Chamber. It's the same premise. Yep. Edmund with a $4.99. No message. Thank you, man. Steph Morrison with another $9.99. JD, you said it. Australia will be one of the biggest events. Rock costs Roman the championship at the Chamber. Roman versus Rock, night two. Cody can go to WrestleMania defending versus Punk if Rollins can't go. Uh, I am not ready to see Punk versus Cody because of an injury to Rollins. I think that deserves a longer story and as much time as it needs. I think that's uh, a bad idea. Michelle Moran with a $5 Super Chat. Uh, she says, why can't Rock Roman open night one and Cody Roman close night two? And when his title reign is over, would you turn Seth heel and do we get Sammy Drew at WrestleMania? Um, I mean, if they, they want to do something like The Rock says that's going to be different and they want to make magic or history or whatever he said, I think that double main event is definitely a, an option for them to go and explore. 
Uh, Seth being heel, uh, who knows what this Punk Rollins feud may may welcome. You know, Rollins may be heel in that by the fans' reaction. We don't really know. Uh, and if Drew doesn't have anything to do at WrestleMania, I definitely see him going one on one with Sammy for sure. But I think Sammy will be in the Rumble. Yeah. Um, we have Sidro with 16 months. Why didn't the lousy Major League Wrestling MLW wrestler have a website? They couldn't string three W's together. Thanks, Sidro, with your, your with your cheesy with your cheesy wrestling comedy, man. Thank you for 16 months. Uh, Black Wolf with 11 months. Good to see you, gentlemen, for another week. I seriously hope Rollins is not hurt as we think. If he is hurt, how about CM Punk versus McIntyre at Mania? Well, we discussed that earlier, Black Wolf. I think that's definitely a potential option. Um, again, we'll see what happens to Rollins this week. Hopefully, with a diagnosis. Yeah, and if you know Rollins is hurt, you could always go Cody Punk. Yeah, it sells a lot too. Uh, Delightful Entertainment with a 199. X is going to kill wrestling. Love you guys. Thank you, Delightful. Um, yeah, it's not cool over there, man. Uh, Ali with a 499. Hey, JD and Drew. My question is who do y'all see as the surprise of Raw after Mania from NXT? Could it be a male or female? Yeah, it's Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker on Raw, Carmelo on SmackDown. And if Absolutely. they want to bring up Tiffany Stratton, I would not be opposed to that either. Uh, Tay-Tay with a 1999. Tony Khan legitimately embarrassed himself in the company by putting on a terrible dynamite and talking shit on Twitter. He needs to put the phone down and book better shows. I heard Cage Match was fuming. I did hear that. Yeah, they uh, they put out a statement that they hate the tribalism and they want it away from their website. I mean, so knock it off. Yeah, knock it off, guys. Uh, you know, that, that's what, that's what the report, I don't even get into it because it's just fucking, it's just nonsense and useless information, but was the roster embarrassed? We don't know. I'm sure there was some people that were embarrassed. I'm sure there's some people that backed Tony Khan. That's what it is, you know, but yes, he should put his phone down. Captain Solo with a final super chat right now. AEW is about as fun as it's PlayStation game. And that's very poor. Uh, yeah, that, that game lasted uh, fun factor, at least 15 minutes, man. I'm surprised that it even made it that far. That's a shame. They put a lot of money into that game. I know. Um, Deontay with a 499. For B-level PLEs, I'm okay with just a one or two big match card for major shows like WrestleMania or All In. Nearly every match should have a good story. WrestleMania will. Why it's WrestleMania. Yeah. Billy with a $5 Super Jack. Great show, JD and Drew. As always, what's the latest on Mercedes Money? No new info, man. Um, I think AW we'll bound. I stick to it. Okay. Uh, it's going to be an interesting Royal Rumble. Playboy. With if she's in the Rumble? Well, if she if she doesn't show up in the Rumble, I think she's AEW bound. But I think, you know, the Rumble will tell a lot. Yeah. Okay. Do you think she shows up before the Rumble on AEW? Just a guess. I'm not I'm not asking you. Just a, just a yes um, or no. Hold on. Let me see. The Rumble is what? The 27th? Yeah. Man, I don't know. It's a really good question. Um, I think if I was AEW, I'd look to get ahead of it. Yep. Just that you could kind of put that bullet in that gun and pull that trigger. That way people know, like, hey, you're not getting Mercedes at the Rumble because she signed to us. Yeah. But I don't know. It'll be interesting. Uh, Playboy Borby with a 499. Do you guys think Tony will let others out of their contracts early who don't want to be there like Andrade? Well, if they ask and they don't want to be there, I've always said if Tony 
has people that don't want to be there, then let them go because they're not really for their uh, for AEW being better. So, really depends on their the name value there. Yeah. Truthfully, uh, Jason Bark with a ten dollars super chat. I just wanted to let you know I'm here for you to battle for you when the geeks run their jaws about you in the OTS family. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that, man. See how many people appreciate you. Sometimes I don't feel it, man, but uh, you are uh, not wrong. Uh, fixes a bond, 15 months. I'm with you, J.D. It should be Cody and Roman. Any who uh, doesn't think probably hasn't been following Cody's story the past few years. Yes, I would like to see it play out, man. I think uh, I think it's time. Me too. We'll be there. Adam with a 699. Find it interesting that Judgment Day hasn't done anything about Drew McIntyre. Can you see Priest being kicked out of Judgment Day and Drew enter as the leader? Mm, that's it. A- no. That's a good, that's a good uh, kind of fantasy booking scenario, but no, I don't see Drew being a leader of anything. No, and could you imagine Drew McIntyre coming in? No, I just don't see it. No. Captain Solo with a five-dollar super chat. Uh, this question is for Drew. There's no question Reigns versus Rock is a high-profile match worthy of WrestleMania, but The Rock doesn't deserve the main event. Cody does. Okay, again with this deserving shit. I understand where you're coming from. Respectfully, Rock and Roman is giant box office. I'm with you. I'd much rather see this match at the Elimination Chamber in Perth, Australia. That's why I have stated it over and over again. But if The Rock is on a WrestleMania card wrestling, he's the main event. Unless Rock says he wants to open. Uh, this is a question in the chat. JD Drew, did you see the TED series on Peacock? Yes, I watched three I, th- I watched three episodes on Sunday night, and I think it's fucking hilarious. I think it's great. All right. That's why I'll go watch what I'm done with here. Yeah. Um, and then I, I wanted to start Fargo. I do think the episodes are a little long. Uh, they're like 45 Ted? minutes, 50 minutes long. Yeah, it's like a, it, it, it's hilarious. Though, if you love Family Guy humor, it's right up your alley, honestly. Okay. Uh, Cody Snyder with a $2 Super Chat. Stoke for Punk Cody next week and the TNT after. Should be good, man. We'll be here. Uh, Ricardo with a $5 Super Chat. I love this show. JD, Drew, you both are cultivating an amazing show. I especially appreciate how Drew stands his ground. Hashtag OTS for life. And hashtag Thank TNT. You. Thank you. Uh, fixes a bind. Five dollars super chat. Drew reminds me of Eric Bischoff. You are both crafty and very careful with your word salads. I actually use this strategy too. Um, I respect what Eric has done in the business. I just speak my my truths and whatever's in my bald head. I I say. Stephen Bro with a four ninety nine. If Seth is legit. Uh, Inc. And the plan was for Punk Rollins at Mania. Does WWE pivot to Austin Punk? Um, yeah, I think that's a possibility for sure if he is injured. And then Phil with a 999. Great show as always, guys. I think the roadmap to get everyone what they want is simple, but WWE will do what they want to do as long as they do what's best for business. Stay safe. You too, Phil. Thanks for the support. That is all, man. That's all the Super Chats we got. Uh... I think that's going to wrap us up here on um, episode 30. Everybody all right? Everyone good? Everybody's good. Uh, Richard with a five. Late five-dollar Super J. JD, thank you for all you do as I watched for four years, and I'm a Braves fan. Would it be intriguing to see Priest cash in to win the title elimination chamber and defend at Mania? I don't think Priest is defending at Mania. Like Drew said, I think we either get a tag team match with all the members of Judgment Day or it's going to be Priest versus Balor. Yeah, I would agree with that. Ah, uh, that is everything, man. Uh, any closing words, and then uh, I'll wrap us up here. No. 
Uh, no closing words. Love, you, love each other. There you go. Thank you guys very much for all your support. Appreciate you hanging out with us on Tuesday night. We'll see you next week for episode number 31. Follow us on social media at JD from NY206, X, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Make sure you guys go follow Drew at Andrew Baydala on X. I will be live with Jesse tomorrow night for AW Dynamite. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And please go check out the Raw Review from Monday and today's 20-minute OTS right here on the channel, guys. Until next week, thank you for all the support. And we will see you next week right here for episode 31 of Tuesday Night Titans. We'll see you guys later.